purchase a soul's evolution on the Reverend Blake Ruby, also known as just plain Blake Ruby. How are you all doing? Hope you're doing well. I'm doing okay. I was just telling Don that my wife and I got back from Austin. Last night we were there seeing a concert and we had a good time. It was a safe drive there. We stayed at a hotel, drove back today. We had lunch, came home, we took a nap and life is good right now. The sun is just set over there behind the backyard. Were you all dancing to my intro there? That's a pretty catchy little tune, don't you think? I was. I love that. I call it the call of the soul, not the call of the wild, but the call of the soul. You know, I had a great idea, something that would be primetime entertainment nowadays with all the, the uh, division going on with politics and other things. I think if we had more debates, especially televised, televised debates, that would be primetime entertainment. Give me Mr. Trump against somebody that would want to debate him, like maybe Mr. Biden again. You know, they only do it once or twice because it's so restricted, you know. It doesn't really allow them a chance to get their creativity out of their body, so to speak. You know, those they're too fast and they're... They're held back from saying things by the narrators, and narrators kind of run the show, just like referees and officials run these sports games. You know, you put your whole heart and soul into a game. Like, I got to tell you, living here in Texas, I was so proud this year of TCU. For those of you that might not have heard who TCU is, they are a college football team. I've been a big TCU fan for many years now. Uh, probably going back to about 2012. And Texas Christian University is what TCU stands for. And they had a really good team this year. They were ranked in the top four. They made it to number three. Now they're number two at the end of the season. Georgia beat them. But in my opinion, they were a team of destiny. They were riding the wings of destiny, my friends. TCU was. I think... Suffice it to say, I believe that they had God's blessing to ride it all the way to number one. But there were some things that happened that stripped them of their glory. And before I go any further, let me say again, I'm so proud of them. I don't watch sports on TV because I, I don't like having the game ruined by officials. Sorry to say, unless they review every play that's debatable, that's questionable, then I'm not going to watch sports, period. You know, I've had my heart broken too many times, and I'll read about it afterwards, but I won't watch any games unless we go to a restaurant that's up there on the TV, you know, and then I'll look at it occasionally, a game, whether it's football or basketball or baseball or whatever. Anyway, so TCU, they beat Michigan. Oh, the great, mighty Michigan. And... You might say, well, what's a guy like me doing watching sports? Well, I've been involved with sports ever since the St. Louis Cardinals played the Detroit Tigers back in 1968 when I was living in Ottawa, Canada. And I became kind of, I fell in love with the the players and and just how strong and how well-coordinated they were and how exciting the game was. You know, when the game was on the line, you could feel your heart beating faster. It was great. And then through the years, you know, my team doesn't always win. I choose different teams depending on the circumstances, you know, like if my main team was bumped off. But 
But TCU, so they made it to the top four, the playoffs, right? And it was TCU and Michigan and then Georgia and Ohio State. So TCU and Michigan played. And it was this time last, was it last Saturday? Or the Saturday before. After my radio show, I sat down. I was very nervous to see what the score would be. And there was like just a, a minute or two left in the game. And TCU was ahead. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I didn't think they were going to beat Michigan. They're almost, they've almost won. And they did win, in fact. Ah, oh, yes, winners and losers, my friends. That's the competition that we're going through right now in our world, you know, especially with politics, the Republicans, the Democrats. There's always winners and losers, right? Our whole society, our whole civilization is based on winning and losing. But television is a medium which is, in a way, I think one has to be cautious with television. It's, a, such, a, it's such a powerful medium that we can't let it control us. We have to control it, you know. Around my house here, the television is all the time. My stepdaughter and my wife, they watch their own channels. When I get the remote control, I like to see what I like to see. And then most of the times I'll mute the commercials, and I might even watch television with the sound muted because I just like watching the scenes, you know, I don't need volume sometimes. Sometimes I do, but other times not. But anyway, back to the game. So TCU beat Michigan, and then Ohio State played Georgia. Ohio State was winning. When I tuned in, I saw that they were ahead. I was looking at my radio, and maybe I shouldn't have, you know. I don't like to think that I influence games in some ways, especially also the same with television I've noticed that people, including myself, have the power to influence games by saying certain things, by doing certain things. Now, that might just be an observation on my part, and there might be no foundation to it. However, that's what I've noticed over the years from my experience. And that's the way it is. You know, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. And I don't really like the fact that there's losers. You know, I don't like seeing people really sad and bummed out and crying. You know, it's too bad. I see the value in competition, especially with young people growing up. You know, high school football is such a tremendous growth developer. But then one comes to the point where one has to get away from that and live more in cooperation. But in the meantime, so Ohio State was playing Georgia. And, as you know, it came down to the last play of the game. Ohio State, the field goal kicker had kicked previously a 52-yard field goal. He couldn't kick a 50-yard field goal to win the game for Ohio State. And Georgia just squeaked in barely by the skin of their teeth. The kick sailed left. It's strange how that is sometimes. A perfectly good field goal kicker. Maybe his nerves were shot, you know, and he just hooked it to the left. But. Afterwards, like about a week or so afterwards, I didn't realize it because I hadn't watched the game, but Nick Saban, the head coach of Alabama, Alabama, the great Nick Saban, probably the most successful, no, actually, he is the most successful coach in college playoff history. 
He has seven championships under his belt. And he said that there was a targeting penalty at the end of the third quarter where Ohio State was about to score. And if they had scored, that would have locked the game away. But instead, the man was in the end zone. I think his name was, um, I forget his name actually, but he's a really good receiver for Ohio State. He got hit in his helmet by the Georgia player with his helmet, knocked on the ground. He had a concussion. They had to take him away. And then they didn't call a targeting penalty on that Georgia player. If they had called the targeting penalty, like I said, Ohio State would have scored, and that probably would have sealed the victory for Georgia. Excuse me, for Ohio State. Sealed the victory for Ohio State. But the referees did not call the penalty, and they should have. If Nick Saban said they should have, I agree. I looked at it afterwards myself, and indeed it looked like the Georgia defensive player hit the hit that individual with his helmet, helmet to helmet. That's called targeting. And that's an automatic first down. It would have been right in the, within, it would have been uh, first down and goal. In other words, would have had four chances to score a touchdown from there. And I thought to myself, there you go again. The referees, they ruin a game again. They reviewed the call, but, Sometimes you got to believe that there are forces working outside that we're not aware of. Like with the L.A. Rams winning the Super Bowl last year, when L.A. was moving down in the within the Cincinnati 20-yard line, and they had the most unbelievable false start. If you're aware of what a false start is. It is when one of the offensive linemen moved before the ball is snapped to the quarterback. It was the mother of all false starts, my friends. And if they, if the referees had seen that, which they should have, very well should have, very, very well should have, then that would have probably stopped L.A.'s drive and Cincinnati would have won the Super Bowl. But like I said, those powers that be wanted L.A. to win. Yes, I believe it's true. There's even that kind of corruption in professional sports the game was rigged so to speak and i believe that same might have been said about georgia because tcu was supposed to play ohio state that's what was destined in the stars i believe it was destined to be and since tcu beat michigan and michigan had beaten ohio state i think it was pretty safe bet to say that TCU could have beat Ohio State, but instead they were put into that situation where Georgia who only got in there by the skin of their teeth, as I mentioned, a one-point victory and the mighty Georgia, of course, they took advantage of the situation. TCU was not riding those wings of destiny anymore, and so it was a bad loss for TCU, 65-7, to but if I might say something to any TCU fans that are out there, it was a great year. They went through the regular season undefeated. That's 12 wins, zero defeats. They had the runner-up to the Heisman Trophy and Max Dugan, and they beat Michigan in the semifinals. Unfortunately, as I mentioned their ride to destiny was stripped from them. The glory was stripped from them by the other higher powers that be. And so it is with sports. 
I was upset, but what can you do? Anyway, I would like to debate that with anybody. And other subject, too, is debatable. Take um, abortion, for example, or what else? There's several subjects. I didn't give it a lot of thought before the radio show, but there's plenty of subjects. There are plenty of subjects that can be debated and should be debated because we're searching for the truth, and the truth usually comes out in debates, especially when you are a good debater and you can checkmate somebody with their logic, you know? Um, take, for example, abortion. Now, pardon me, I think the majority of me, so to speak, leans more towards defending the rights of women. But then again, I see also, I understand also that the fetus developing in their body is a separate individual, just like we were, like we developed in our own mother's wombs. And we weren't taken out prematurely. Sometimes the fetus is treated very badly. I mean, especially when the heart starts beating at 22 days. And also, when you become more evolved and more intelligent, then you realize that there is a spirit in that body. And that spirit comes in at some time that we existed prior to being born. that we existed prior to being born, my friends. There was a pre-existence. You just can't remember it because we were hardwired, so to speak, not to remember it. We were made to forget where we came from because this world is a very special world. It's a planet of a lower evolutionary category where the objective is to learn basic social values. And with that being said, we go through that river of oblivion on the way into this world, being born, being put into our mother's wombs in that shell of a human being at that age. And then when the fetus is aborted or maybe miscarried, then the spirit has to leave and go back to the spirit lands. Naturally, very disappointed for having lost their opportunity to live a life just like we're living right now, all of us walking around. We didn't think too much about the possibility of being aborted ourselves. We wouldn't be here. It'd be like, it's a wonderful life with Jimmy Stewart. There's no Blake Ruby. Blake Ruby was never born. What? You'd be going around trying to find people and they wouldn't know. Even your own mother wouldn't recognize you. Who are you? Go away. I don't know you. But no, we were born. And so I still think the decision should be the mothers, but they need to be well informed and be aware that hopefully before they die, that they do have a spirit in their body and a soul, which is like the brain of the spirit, because it would be a terrible shame. And it's happening a lot nowadays. Believe me, I know it is. People are going to dark places when they pass away because they haven't gained any spiritual knowledge while alive. And so there's a lot of remorse and regret for not having known better. But I understand, you know, we're co-creator gods in the making. 
And sometimes we do what we have to do. We conform with whomever we have to conform with. Usually if we're a part of a family, it's hard to break outside of that mold, you know, to think outside the box. People don't walk alone too much in the world like I am, like I'm walking alone. You ever thought about how difficult it is to talk about this kind of stuff? About the spirit and the soul and and heaven, where we came from, where we're going when we die? Do you think it's easy? Well, I recommend uh, or I would suggest maybe if you feel that you can do it too, get your own show on BBS Radio. They've given me an opportunity over the years to speak my mind on these subjects, which are esoteric, if you will, taboo in other regards. But I'm not frightened. I'm a very courageous man. You know, people are dying every day. 40,000 people around the world. And people don't think too much about that. You know, it's like we've got a job to do. We got to put food on the table tonight. And in all fairness, you know, I'm making good money now, thanks to God. And people out there that have less money that are having a hard time making ends meet. You know, where I might, vegetarian food, vegan food is very expensive, believe me. And so maybe like where it might cost me $10 a day, someone else who is not vegan or vegetarian might spend maybe a couple, few bucks on hamburger, put something together, and then they get their sufficient amount, sufficient amounts of protein and carbohydrates and vegetables, you know. So it's not easy, I know. I recognize that. So I'm blessed in that regard, and I'm very grateful to God where I am today. But one thing about being a vegan vegetarian is that spiritual development is a lot easier because I don't have to worry too much about what I eat, if you know what I mean. But I try not to judge people. And I was going to say something in regard to something else, changing the subject. I'm a singer, you know. Anybody who knows me knows that I'm a singer. You've heard me sing acapella. Well, I've got my music to sing to tonight. I was going to sing you some songs because that's what I like to do. And sometimes when I don't have a lot of time to do everything I want to do during the course of the day, I can combine both in my radio show. Like I like to read out loud. I like to sing. Now, when you're a singer and you're an accomplished singer, it's not easy as you go forward and you become more proficient and working the audience of course that's another area altogether but just getting the basic rules of how to use the equipment so to speak is something that has been uh, lifelong or let me put it this way in the recent past I've been constantly obsessed, maybe obsessed isn't a good word, but uh, concerned about how to do things the right way, as with every aspect of my life. I'm always wanting to do things the right way. 
That striving for perfection is what we're supposed to do, I believe. That's what God, the creator of the universe, and also our mother and father God, co-creator gods in the most highest, co-creator gods of our solar system, also who created our souls and the spirits, maybe not the solar system, but some other people. I believe I was born in another solar system. I'm what they call a mystic traveler. I have reached a level of evolution. I've lived on higher developed, higher evolved planets in past lives. I've come back to assist people on this lower evolutionary category planet, which is of the lowest on a scale of one to nine. It's a number one. Number nine is a veritable heaven in the physical universe, my friends. Take like the planet Thyauba from the book. I referenced the book, Abduction to the Ninth Planet. The planet Thyauba, and it's a great book. You should read it. If you really want to develop yourself spiritually, if you really, really want to develop yourself spiritually, if you really want to develop yourself spiritually, you'll read that book. The Bible is great, has a lot of wisdom, it's a great account of divine intervention that we know about in this world, it's a great historical account of what happened, but it doesn't give us the entire truth, the big picture of what happened. Take that from me. No offense intended, I'm entitled to my opinion if you want to break it down to that. But suffice it to say that the planet Thyauba, and one of those stars you see out there in the evening sky belongs to that solar system where they have that planet, is a veritable paradise where animals don't eat each other, where trees grow to be 600 feet tall, where there is no pollution anywhere, no air, no water, no noise pollution. People there live in harmony, and they love each other. They adore each other. That's something that we could learn to do, don't you think? There's no reason to hurt anybody, especially kill anybody. It's a perverse way of loving people, if you will. We all should be loving each other. Besides, Jesus said that. The man who died on the cross and was resurrected and brought back to life by the extraterrestrials, because he was from that planet I was telling you about, Sayuba, who put his astral body inside a, a made, a made human body. They made this body just like an avatar. They made blue bodies. He slipped his astral body just like they do an avatar inside the human body and walked around for three years. The Jesus that was born in Bethlehem was another individual who later went to Japan, got married, had children, and died of a ripe old age. If you don't believe me, check the internet. I think Honshu is the name where he's buried right now. But that's not the Jesus that performed all the miracles. The one who was resurrected, he was from Thyauba. How do you like that for a theory, huh? For the ordinary Christian that can't think outside the box, that's blasphemy. Oh, my God. They might even try to kill me because I tell them something which shakes their faith because their faith aren't secure. They're not secure in their own beliefs. If you, are, if you were secure in your own belief, then you wouldn't worry about anything anybody had to say which was different than what you believe. But since you do, since you are worried about what I say, then what you believe might probably is not true. And if, I'm sorry, I didn't say that right then what you believe probably is not true. And that's the truth. 
Yeah, makes sense. But some people, they don't use logic, they don't use reason, just goes over their head, and then they, they fight to, like marijuana, for example. I was watching a show the other day about the legalization of marijuana. I think marijuana should be legalized because people are living nowadays more now than ever before for freedom, individual freedom, freedom to do what I want to do, what I choose to do behind my closed door is nobody else's business because the logic and rationale dictates that if somebody can go out there and drink themselves to death with a bottle of whiskey or whatever bottle of liquor that they want and smoke tobacco, which is just another leaf, a different kind of leaf, so made by Mother Nature, then we should have a right to put whatever we want inside of our own bodies. As long as we don't hurt anybody else, as long as we don't get a ve- in a vehicle and drive it while impaired or under the influence of any kind of substance, the same with, le- with drugs, too. You know, all the prescription drugs they have today, oh, my God, they've got so many different types. So why are we making some illegal? Let people do what they want to do. You can't impose your will upon people, threatening them with physical violence because they don't believe what you believe or you don't believe what they believe. It's wrong. You've seen the chi- the, how the times are changing in the recent past, how... A marijuana was illegal before, now it's become legal in some places. That's what you call evolution. We're getting to the place eventually where people will live in peace and harmony because they're allowed to do what they want to do. And you take away that criminal element by, um, think of all the people in jail right now that we're paying for with our tax dollars. It's because they smoke marijuana or had a little bit of marijuana. You take away that criminal intent, and you'll find that no longer will people be interested in taking that that kind of substance. You know, I believe in the legalization of marijuana and all drugs. Let people do what they want to do, as long as they're they're not criminal in their activities, as long as they don't drive under the influence. What they do behind their closed doors in their own lives, without the threat of police busting in on them because that's what police are trained to do, like attack dogs. But that's what I understand the evolution to be about, my friends. You know, it's where we've come. We've come a long way. And it's like armies that fight wars, too. They're told to go and do something, and they do it. Does that mean it's right? Think about the 58,000 Americans who lost their lives in Vietnam. I'm sure they would like to be alive right now, sipping on a gin and tonic or Jack Daniels on the rocks or a beer or smoking a a joint, maybe taking a a pill to relax themselves, whatever. But no, they're dead because their country said, you need to go and fight these communists. In fact, telling people that they can't do what they want to do is communist. That's part of communism. You can't do what you want to do. You have to do what we tell you to do. So there's a lot of lip service given to freedom nowadays. But are we truly free? Are we actually free? Do we let people do what they want to do? Do we impose our wills upon other people? Do we impose our will upon their will? Yes, we do it all the time. Are we getting better? Yes, we are. We're learning. We're evolving. 
So I saw all the people on that show. It was a documentary about marijuana and where it's come from. Melissa Etheridge. Now, there's a very intelligent individual, a singer who's performed in front of thousands of people, performed perfectly, too, very well. And she says some very intelligent things that make sense, make a whole lot of sense. And she basically said what I had just mentioned a short while ago. And it's something that we can take to heart. A person like that is not going to make something up. And there was one woman, she said, I get so furious, these people, they're trying to... Uh, you know, sell drugs to other people, or I forget what she was saying. So, yes, uh, a man, with all due respect, uh, I understand that you can get so furious. It's like, do we all have a temper, you know? I'm sure your temper is no bigger or greater than anyone else's. You feel you're right? Well, I feel I'm right, too. So are you going to resort to physical violence just because of a disagreement and beliefs we can't talk it over? You get you talk with some people though, and then they get to the point where they just no longer make any sense. I notice that with a lot of people, they stop making sense. They stop being logical and rational, and you can't really continue to talk with people like that. That's when you need to just separate yourself from them and say, "Okay, well, you're entitled to your opinion. I'm entitled to mine." I went to a jury one time, and uh, there was a guy. He got busted with a small amount of, I don't know what it was, I didn't say what it was, but he was there in the courtroom, and we had a chance to stand up and and say what we wanted to say about the situation, and I said, kind of like what I mentioned before, previously, I said, you know, I don't understand why someone can get, someone can drink as much alcohol as they want. They can kill themselves if they want, drinking alcohol. They can get in a car and destroy people's lives, as has been done many times before in the past, you know. And they can smoke tobacco. But we can't tell people that they can't smoke marijuana. Well, actually, before I got up, there was one guy that got up before me, and he said that he knew somebody, a nephew... I forget exactly who was killed by being involved with drugs. And it's very unfortunate. Uh, I felt his pain, you know, but you can't make a blanket statement like that. that It's because one person died because they didn't do the right thing. They were abused, whatever the accidents happened. You can't attribute it directly to marijuana usage or drug usage because you You've got people taking, drinking alcohol all the time, and that's a drug also. It's illogical to say that you can drink alcohol and smoke tobacco, but you can't take marijuana. It's just illogical, period, you know? So that would be a good subject to debate with with someone, you know, someone who's um, willing and able, that was open-minded, you know? And someone like me, I'm a good debater, and I've offered this up before, you know, on BBS radio. People call in. They want to debate it. And no one called in that one time. But how am I doing on time, by the way? 
I was going to sing some songs. So let me, I got this, the ice cream truck is right out in front of our house playing that same great tune. I don't know if you can hear it in the background. But I'm going to put some music on here and I'm going to get some practice, okay? Let me find out. Hold on. Give me a few minutes here to find something to play. A few seconds. Hold on. I'll be right back. Well, this song is called Unforgettable by Nat King Cole. Unforgettable. Well, that's what you are. Unforgettable. Low, near, or far. Like a song of love that clings to me. How the thought of you does things to me never before. Has someone been more unforgettable in every way? And forevermore, that's how you stay. That's why, darling, it's incredible that someone so unforgettable thinks that I am unforgettable. Unforgettable by Nat King Cole. Let me find another song. Yeah, we're going to be singing in the choir tomorrow at church, so I like to get my 
groove on here by using music or singing a cappella. I'm trying to determine what's the best way to sing, you know, to expand the lungs in the most efficient way. I see people on television, I see people, the singers of concerts, and I've come to this conclusion, and please don't take this lightly, this is a a conclusion based on a lot of experience, a lot of trial and error. If you use a microphone, if it's not on a stand, if you have it in one hand, you need to shift it to the other hand so that the body is used equally and you have the proper amount of balance. Usually what I do when I sing songs, I'll sing one song and hold the microphone with my left hand put another song on, I'll sing it with my right hand. And that way you get an equal amount of usage with one hand or the other. If you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Take someone like Shania Twain, for example. She is constantly shifting the microphone left to right, left to right, right to left, left to right. And that's cool. I, I understand, you know, that's, that's okay. But I, I just question whether or not one hand is getting more usage than the other hand. Being a logical person, I think about these things. I think it's because the Army's taught me well. I do the right thing. You know, I spent 22 years in the Army. I still work for the Army after 40 years. And it's all about doing the right thing, period. And I think anyone who doesn't want to do the right thing is just probably a younger soul and not really concerned with preparing themselves sufficiently for the eventual afterlife we're going to achieve one day. Or let me rephrase that, the afterlife that we will be experiencing someday. Scary, but anyway, let me choose another song. The song is called Free Bird by Leonard Skinner. It's the shortened version. One of my favorites. If I leave here tomorrow Would you still remember me? I must be traveling on now Cause there's too many places I've got to see If I stay here with you, girl, things just couldn't be the same. Cause I'm as free as a bird now. How about you? And this bird you cannot change, and the bird you 
cannot change and a bird you cannot change Lord knows I can't change Lord help me I can't say yay 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 Oh, I can't change. Oh, won't you fly high, a free bird, yeah. I've sung this song here many times before at the Wounded Warriors. And that was one of the best things I've done in my life. As I mentioned before in previous shows, I would get there, set my equipment up. I was singing for an hour and a half. People coming by and it's a very casual atmosphere. Here's a song by Jim Croce called Time in a Bottle. That was a man who used to go into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. For sure. Hopefully sometime in the near future. If I could save time in a bottle The first thing that I'd like to do is save every day till eternity passes away just to spend them with you if i could make days last forever if words could make wishes come true i'd save every day just like a treasure and then again I would spend them with you. But there never seems to be enough time to do the things you want to do once you find them. I've been around enough to know you're the one I want to go through time with. If I had a box just for wishes and dreams that had never come true, that box would be empty except for the memory of how they were answered by you. But there never seems to be enough time to do the things you want to do once you find them. I've been around enough to know you're the one I want to go through time with. Beautiful song. And by the way, I'm not looking at the words. These are all remembered, you know. I often wondered sometimes if people look at the words when they get older, when you get older, you know, like um, Judas Priest, I think Rob Halford, when he's giving a concert nowadays, he looks at the words. Ozzy Osbourne, when he toured recently with Black South, I know that he had the words in front of him because he didn't move. He was just looking at the, the screen down on the floor. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But uh, like when I do karaoke 
on cruise ships. I'll never look at the words. Occasionally, you know, I lose my way if I'm distracted. So if there's a lot of people there, if there's like 100, 150 people, you know, sometimes I've had to take a quick glance just to see, make sure I am where I'm supposed to be, you know. How about another one? Here's a nice song by Motley Crue called Home Sweet Home. Start again. You know I'm a dreamer, but my heart's a goal. I had to run away high so I wouldn't come home low. Just when things went right doesn't mean they're always wrong. Just take the song. And you'll never feel left all alone. Take me to your heart. Feel me in your bones. Just one more night. And I'm coming off this long and winding road. I'm on my way. I'm on my way. Home sweet home. Tonight, tonight, I'm on my way, I'm on my way, home sweet home. You know I've seen too many romantic dreams, up in light, falling off the silver screen. My heart's like an open book. For the whole, whole world to read. Sometimes nothing keeps me together at the seams. I'm on my way. I'm on my way. Home sweet home. Tonight, tonight, I'm on my way. Just set me free. Home sweet Home, home, sweet home, home, sweet home, home, sweet home. I'm on my way. I'm on my way. Home sweet home. Tonight, tonight, I'm on my way. Just set me free. Home sweet home. Home sweet home. Very nice song by a hard rock heavy metal band called Motley Crue. Maybe I'll do this every week. This is fun. 
I know well over 150 songs, at least, include the gospel songs that I know, and the Christmas carols. How about a Christmas carol? This is What Child Is This? Oh, what child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping, whom angels greet with anthems sweet, while shepherds watch are keeping. This, this is Christ the King, whom shepherds God and angels sing. Haste, haste to bring him, Lord, the babe, the son of Mary. Why lies he in such mean estate, where ox and ass are feeding? Good Christians fear for sinners here. The silent word is pleading. Nails, spear shall pierce him through. The cross be born for me, for you. Hail, hail the word made flesh. The babe, the son of Mary. So bring him incense, gold, and myrrh. Come, peasant king, to own him. The king of kings, salvation. Bring, let loving heart enthrone him. Raise, raise a song on high. The virgin sings the lullaby. Joy, joy for Christ is born. The babe, the son of Mary. I'm almost out of time, my friends. I think that's it. Well, I'm ready for the notification. I had a good time today. Thank you for tuning in. If you're out there, I don't know. It could be one person listening, 10, 100, 1,000. It's all good because I'm getting the words out into the atmosphere. You know, I'm helping to make the world a better place. That's something we all should be doing. You know, this world is a gift, just like our lives are gifts. And the extraterrestrials are out there. They're out there. 
during the concert last night, they showed scenes behind the band up on a screen of stars, like huge star systems. I mean, millions of stars. And you think of all the millions of stars that are out there in just, they say, the Milky Way galaxy alone. And each one of them is like our own star and our own solar system. There's so many, there's so much going on that we don't know about, my friends. And when we pass away and then we transition to the afterlife, we're going to be choosing a new planet to be born on, I guarantee you, I promise you. And there'll be so much to choose from out there, so many different scenarios to give you, give us the type of spiritual development that our soul needs. So that's it. Goodbye, everybody. May the supreme creator of the universe, our mother and father God in heaven, co-creator gods, bless us, everybody. Bless us, everybody. I love you. Take care. Bye-bye.